You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about how God turns curses into blessings, how He flips the script or turns the tables on the devil. Our text is Nehemiah 13.2, Howbeit our God turned the curse into a blessing. And that's something that we have as a covenant promise since God gave that to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. He told Abraham, I will bless him who blesses you, and I'll curse him who curses you. Now, this is a unique character. He's very well known because he was such a strong man. He's always portrayed in Scripture as a man with a great deal of muscle. However, his strength did not come from his muscles. It came from the anointing of God. There's no way that his muscular structure would have been able to or would have enabled him to carry away the gates of a city or to kill a lion with his bare hands. Uh, That was a supernatural act of God. So God's anointing on Samson, think about this, was for physical strength. He did this to show physical strength, not spiritual strength. Samson was not a spiritual giant. He had uh, physical strength. And uh, he did not have moral strength. He was not known as a man of great character. He immediately compromised and was always chasing foreign women and so forth. So he was not known as a man of godly character and principle. Uh, But God wanted to use him as a physical demonstration of anointing on a later entity. The Spirit enabled him to kill a lion with his bare hands. Judges 14, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. Now to his surprise, a young lion, which means a lion in his prime, came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. So with his bare hands, Samson killed this lion. And this is a fascinating story. David killed a lion, but probably used a club to do it. Still a great work. Uh, but not like what Samson did here. He was anointed with superhuman abilities physically. This was his first occasion to respond defensively with the anointing of God, and that's how it worked. He responded uh, defensively. When he came under attack, it seemed that the Lord gave him this amazing strength to get out of danger. Uh, So this spiritual anointing, Uh, enabled him to slay 1,000 Philistines in one battle uh, with a donkey's jawbone. And I want to read this to you from Judges 15, and we'll begin reading in verse 14. It says, when he came to Lehi, and uh, Lehi is uh, jawbones, what it means. The Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, And the ropes that were on his arms, and his brethren uh, tied the ropes on him and uh, because they were going to surrender him to the Philistines. He said, I'll let you do that. Just don't don't you guys attack me because he didn't want to kill his own countrymen. 
So the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that's burned with fire. His bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Now, that's not a great weapon, but it's what he used. And he reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. Uh, This is Hebrew poetry. And it says, and so it was when he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramat Lehi. So uh, it it was a famous place, a landmark after that, because that's where Samson slew a thousand Philistines. Had to be humiliating to them. And he used a very foolish weapon. In fact, if we say that something's foolish, we say it's asinine. Don't make an ass of yourself, meaning don't be foolish. And and God loves to do this. God loves to take the foolish things of this world and flip them and turn the wise on their heads. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. So you can see that God loves to turn the tables on people who think they're smart, and he flips things like this. So Samson is showing us something here symbolically. God uses unlikely people and unlikely methods to accomplish his purposes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not, it, knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So uh, what we're seeing here is that God uses methods that are not really popular methods. I mean, preaching is not the apex level of communication in our culture. It's not the way we would normally communicate, but it is the way that God has chosen to reach people with His gospel. And it's because the Holy Spirit anoints the spoken word. And when the word is preached, the spirit works with that to draw people. First, to convict them, to open their eyes to their condition. And then secondly, to draw them in and to woo them and let them know God wants you for his own. Now, Samson did his greatest work when the Philistines thought they had him cornered. And that happened all the time. Uh, they thought they could kill him or humiliate him. And every time they tried doing it, it blew up on them. It blew up in their faces. Here's Judges chapter 16, verses 21 through 25. Let's read it. The Philistines took him and uh, they put out his eyes. And uh, they uh, brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze feathers. He became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to rejoice. So they thought Samson was done. They finally found the secret of his strength. They got him to cut his hair, or at least Delilah cut his hair, and now they think they have him. 
And uh, again and again, they thought they had Samson. They thought him. Thought they had him locked up in one of their cities, and they waited for him. They're going to wait for him till the break of dawn. And at midnight, he got up and went out, tore the walls apart, tore the gates of the city off their hinges, and carried them away, and left the whole city defenseless. And he did that over and again. And here he is being mocked and ridiculed, and they think he's totally done. For this reason, because he had compromised, he lost his strength, the anointing was not working in him, and so they thought, we've got him right where we want him. So they brought him out to their temple. The Philistines had a a big temple with about 3,000 people in attendance. And this is what they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, For they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the pillars. Now here is what will get people in trouble with God. Samson had compromised. He certainly had. Samson had not followed everything God told him to do. For this reason, he lost his strength. But now they are going to mock him, and they are going to magnify their God over the God of Israel. God is not going to stand for that. He's not going to let this happen. Now, in the meantime, what had happened, Samson's hair had begun to grow. The Scripture must uh, make something of that because it does point that out. So his hair had grown, and they brought him out and chained him up between two pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes." And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple. He braced himself against them, one on his right hand and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. So Samson turned the tables on the Philistines. It's a remarkable story. Now, I want you to see something here because Samson's life is highly, highly symbolic. He is a type of the church of Jesus Christ. The church was given supernatural strength spiritually, not physically like Samson, but spiritually the church was given supernatural strength. We know that the church compromised and the church took into itself the doctrines of the world and of pagan religions. 
And so in the early part of the Middle Ages, the church lost its spiritual power. The church lost its eye for the truth. It was blinded, just like Samson. Its eyes were put out, and it was taken and put into a prison where all they did is walk in circles, accomplishing nothing, pushing a grindstone. That's what happened with Samson. That's what happened to the church. Now, let me give you the parallels. Number one, Samson killed a lion. We have been given authority over the one who walks about as a roaring lion, the devil. Samson Samson compromised himself two times with a pagan woman. In other words, early in its history, the church compromised with pagan religions. We're seeing it again in these days where the church is becoming rather worldly. Samson caught 300 foxes, paired them up, meaning 150 pairs, put a firebrand in between their tails, and turned them loose into the Philistine wheat fields. And so he set the world on fire, sending out foxes who are representative representative of, of wisdom. Jesus said, I send you out uh, wisely. I send you out wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. So these foxes are symbolic of those that are wise going out in the world, and they set the world on fire. He killed a thousand men with a donkey's jawbone. In other words, it is through the jaw with us speaking God's word Our authority releases God's power on the earth. The world says that's foolishness. God says, I take the foolish things of this world to confine the wise. Now, after he fought with the donkey's jawbone, he fell down thinking he was going to die of thirst. He was super dehydrated. At the same place God caused at the jawbone a spring to come up, and Samson was refreshed. It's through this same jawbone that we are refreshed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the rest wherewith the weary shall rest, according to the book of Isaiah chapter 28. And it's talking about speaking with other tongues. This is the rest. Again, it's foolishness, but it does bring the refreshing. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, edifies himself, refreshes himself. Uh, He overthrew the gates of the city. Uh, Jesus said about the church, I, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he killed 3,000 in one feet of strength in a temple. And it's interesting to me that the church was born on a day in a temple when 3,000 people came to faith at one time. So could it be that he is a type and a shadow of the church? I really believe so. And what you see is what was meant for a curse and humiliation at the end of his life was suddenly flipped and there was a turn. And he did his greatest work. So too, I think God will reverse the curse for the church. And in its very last moments on earth, the church is going to do its greatest work. I'll see you next week. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.